Hello folks, big news, we now have a Patreon, so for 5, 7 or £10 you can support us and get some audio commentaries, early access to podcast episodes, um, a monthly Q&A and everything in between there. So go over to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback on the Patreon and see what all the fuss is about. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun, it's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to a very special scary edition of Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. We're up through the dizzying highs, terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. And for this Treehouse of Horror Halloween special there, I'm joined by my very um, horrifying co-host there, uh, you know, the little Simpsons uh, producers and writers and all that get their own unique names in the credits there. So I am Tyler... Spine tingling, McRae, and joining me always is a cow blood curdling reader. Cow, how in the fiery depths of hell are you? <laughs> I'm doing devilishly. Ah, what beautiful. can I say? <laughs> I was curious of how you were going to do it. Then, to be fair, I'm I'm speaking in my uh, lower voice, as you can hear. Too spooky, fi. This, I don't know. Hello, you all right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fine, mate. How are you? I'm great. You sounded a lot like um, this. Is probably shown my age and that, but still got the prime. Still committing to it. I found a load of Monty Python, and my favourite is on there, Cal. The meaning of life. One of my absolute mm. favourite bits is um, death coming to that small, quaint cottage and saying, "You God. are all dead. All <laughs> of us. All of you." Oh well, how can that happen there? And the Americans are in there as well. <laughs> you always want to say let me tell you something and I just want to say well you're dead so shut up <laughs> very fitting for this uh, Halloween episode you could say um, I guess very brief are you a Python fan? do you have a favourite film or sketch? Um, favourite film is probably uh... Brian? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Of I, it, well, yeah. it's either Brian or I don't know. Brian's always pretty good because obviously it's it's arguably the most famous one. I would say. Um, however, I've got a special place in my heart for Holy Grail. Just for the whole consistency, it's one of my favorite long jokes in anything. Of when they're filming a BBC documentary and he walks through and Oh, God, I forget that. I forget that's um, in it, yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, this is the best part about it because they just, like, they kill everyone and you forget totally about it. You think, oh, it's just Monty Python being Monty Python and then at the end of the film when they think they're going to get the Holy Grail, they all just get arrested and that's how it ends. And I think it's just (laughs) such a beautiful ending of, like, such a dumb, beautiful ending. Like, I've always wanted to write something in, like, the same vein of it. Like, oh, I don't know be it like a hard drama um, or like a hard comedy or something like that um, but in the background there's a news article about it, there's a news show thing going on about how a comet's going to destroy the earth in 30 days and then in real time as it's like maybe it's like a romance film or something like that and right at the end when they're about to kiss just kills oh, them all <laughs> Just to fuck with people. That's what I want to do in my life. At my next job, I just want to fuck with people, you know, and get paid lots and lots of money. And the episode we're reviewing today is Treehouse of Horror 7 from Season 8, Episode 1, directed by Mike B. Anderson, 
Written by Ken Keeler, Dan Graney, and David S. Cohen, with the original air date being October the 27th, 1996. The couch gag being that the Grim Reaper's on the couch, family will run and he bops them off one by one with his finger and kills them to make a, to make a little stool for them. So yes, this one in particular, um, the random generator, I think we seem to give it a bit of a kick and a punch. And conveniently, it's going to be the 25th anniversary. In fact, as this uh, comes out, it should be on the same date. This turns 25 years old here, Cal. And I tell you what, upon yeah. rewatch, as far as nostalgic moments... This one wasn't in my rewatch when I was a lot younger, but mm. having watched it with modern eyes, I will say, and I don't want to spoil too much of my own opinion there, but um, there's only one proper strong story for me there. Um, not saying that the others aren't bad, it's just uh, not quite as heavy with the jokes, I'll say, but um, please let me know, what did you think of this uh, tale of horrors? I've got to agree with you. I think um, I'm. I'm just looking over now. The other tree houses, tree houses of horror. What's the plural of tree houses? Tree tree house. I sounds oddly Japanese. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I've got to agree with you. I, the, I don't know if you've seen the most recent tree house of horror. I actually watched it yesterday, um, and they do actually make a joke in that. Ah, where, yes, I've seen the same thing. Please tell yeah. the lovely folks at home, Cal. Well, Bart, the, the the idea behind it is Bart's telling a, a horror story in the treehouse to Maggie and uh, Maggie Millhouse and Lisa. They scare Lisa and uh, Maggie, run into the house, um, to which Homer's about to fuck Marge and obviously gets interrupted. And he goes, oh, that treehouse... Um, Every every year it's the same thing. You get three three stories, and one of them's uh, two of them are pretty good, and one of them is okay at best. But you know it's time to end it all, and and he goes and chops down the treehouse. Do you know what they've but, done? I think for the past two or three now, Cal. They've been doing. They've done like a little interlude between the uh, the second and the third one. Oh, like a mini. Oh, I wasn't no? aware of that. No, it's more. Um, they do five. They. They're crunching five now into the whole treehouse. And I was talking with a good friend of mine. um, Like, how can you fit in, like, three-minute worth of story? I mean, I'm sure Mm. you can, but then it's... I don't know, maybe it dilutes from the others. Whereas if you have have three, like this classic we've got here, you know, it might be all right, but at least you've devoted time to it. See, it depends, because... Even in previous three houses of horror, you know, certain ones have only been about five minutes, six minutes, whilst the others have have gone much longer. Like yeah. I think the longest, excuse me, um, the longest in this episode that we're reviewing is I think it's the final part, which uh, I don't think I think it probably could have been a bit shorter, really, in my opinion, um, but. I don't know. Like I've I've noticed it. I've noticed obviously with the a lot of the time with the more later trios of horrors, um, trii of horrors. It's going to be a common thing. Oh, this yes. um, <laughs> they have the like the couch gag has been very much. I don't know if you class that as kind of like an introduction kind of thing. You know that that's has been quite a good short film. Um, then you have the free core, but and then again they have that little one where it's like, oh, it's a funny idea, but whether or not it'll be a full mm, yeah. 
episodes worth, I don't really know. Um, I'd be curious to like see which one's probably the best Treehouse of Horror. In regards to this, because it's episode eight, what we're, what we're studying, it's kind of when Simpsons, the core of the Simpsons anyway, uh, are kind of hitting a peak, I'd say, you know. There's a few like uh, you know, two more seasons and then it starts going downhill from there. But I don't think it's the best. Like I think later Treehouses of Horrors are, are, are better. They're just stronger stories. But we'll get into this. We'll we'll get into it and we'll see what happens. Yeah, with this Treehouse. Of, sorry to correct Cal, but with this Treehouse of Horror seven here, mm. just because they didn't have one in a season one. Yeah, them. I think I'm with you. Like maybe they had two Midland ones, but I've always got fond memories, particularly of the one they did in season twelve with uh, you know, Snorky. The dolphin and the dolphins come alive and all that. Yes. Because it's very gimmicky and out there, but it works. And I always laugh my arse off at it there. But yeah, I think may- that- maybe they hit a slight snag or a nice uh, plateau here. See, that that one um, from season 12 is... That's the one I can remember the most because the bit at the end with the dolphins. But I think I've told this story before on the podcast. It's one of my oh, most memorable yes. moments. Please tell us, Cal. Yes, please in, tell us. Uh, in, in, in any watching TV, TV history, uh, there's a new episode. So I'm just looking to, like, I would have been about five. And the dolphins are ch- uh, running towards the humans. And as it's about to go up with a power cut. And I was just like, we we all, but because it was middle, I remember it clearly being quite bright outside as well. So we all thought it was just part of like part of the episode. Then we realised the power went, and we were like, oh, okay. And then finally it came on, and the credits or the next show had like started. <laughs> oh. And we were just like, oh right, okay. And then they didn't air that episode for ages, and I, we never knew the ending. We didn't know what happened. <laughs> Did you laugh even harder when you saw what actually happened then? When you I, I don't. It? Knowing See, that they're just all defeated in the ocean. I found it funnier what happened to me <laughs> than the actual ending. Oh, right. <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. But, um... I, I don't know. I think it's just because I bigged it up a little bit, really. But I'd be curious. Let's let's get into it. Let's see mm. what... what because I'm curious if, if my segment is the be- same favourite segment as your segment. Now, first story, folks, is The Thing and I Him. We start, it's just dead of night in the Simpsons' house there. And can we hear this, we can hear this scuttering and muttering around in the um, in the attic there. <laughs> and he asks Lee, oh, you know, who's up there? Is that Maggie? Is that the cat? No, the cat's for me and Snowball... Oh, I'd say he looks cute there, but I'm not one for animals uh, getting put in elaborate costumes there. I know some folks are, but that that just doesn't really do it for me there, Cal. But it's a nice little sight there. Has that happened yeah. with your cat or any of your pets? No, I've, I've only got the one cat. Um, Has your niece done dress up with her or him yet? No, no, not at all. She's quite good with him, actually. Um, he's he's just like a bit of a beast. He's a unit more than anything because he's a bit a bit on the uh, pudgier side. Um, we, the most we ever do with dressing him up is around Christmas. We'll get him like a Christmassy collar, and oh, we'll put like yeah, something a bit more glittery, a bit more glam. Um, I'm gonna dress him up in that, but like Halloween, Halloween's actually his birthday because we never knew what his birthday was, so we wanted a date what we'd be able to remember. Oh, wicked! Um, 
so we just gave him the date birth the date birth uh, birthday of uh, Halloween funnily enough full circle but this episode itself is kind of like full circle as well not full circle but it's kind of like hits home with me a little bit which I'll get into later Bart inquires oh did any of you guys hear some sort of creepy moans or some moving about last night and (laughs) Marge just cuts it right down Homer does as well oh you must have been hearing things laughing no but seriously no one ever go up there and Marge has to remind him you know it's 3pm and he just goes into the fridge and retrieves some fish heads in a bucket. Even sings a little fish head tune as he goes up to that attic and feeds, well, whatever is up there. Now, I will say, um, apart from the wonderful um, guest character we've got in, or the wonderful tertiary character we get later, Cal, it's not that joke heavy, but I will give praise to a lot of the scene direction and the animation throughout mm. all this episode particularly in this episode uh, in this story and the next as I like the framing like you see he, uh, you see whoever's up there through like the bars and Bart's window or in the air ducts you get to see um, when Homer flashes the light you see the chains and then the perspective of the chains and the family you get to yeah. see a perspective of like looking down on Lisa and Bart as Homer's feeding and being uneasy as they look up I loved all yeah. these angles, so I'll give props to the directors and the stage des- uh, scene designs for that. Mm, for sure, it's one of one of my favorite jokes in the episode. Comes up a little bit, uh, a little bit later, and it's just kind of it's how quickly he does it. Where after after the feeding, and you know after the kind of walking around in the house and and and, and such like that, the next morning they come down. And he goes, uh, "What's up there? What's up there? What's up there?" And Homer, you know, goes, I don't put food on the table for you four kids. And Moz just, like, cracks her neck and looks at him. And she's like, what? Free? We have free kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when he goes up and starts feeding the fish. <laughs> Which makes me think, how have they not noticed where Homer goes, like, once a week at 3pm? I know. You'd think you'd question if your uh, fridge stunk of, like, rotten fish as well. For those many, many years. I like um, to add on to your point there, Carl. He goes, yeah, and you know what happens to nosy kids who don't know when to shut up or keep asking questions? And like no, a typical what? kid responds, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> tell us. And then Homer's little, oh, for fuck's sake, face. Like, oh. <laughs> I've known t- I've known teachers and stuff like that. And, and with, my, with my sister as well, um, with, with my niece and such, the thing is, is like, you want, you want that kind of onimous threat I'll hope will shut him up yes but the moment you kind of go yeah you could do it with anyone really you go oh, what are you going to do <laughs> what do you mean like there's a, there's a scene in Seven Psychopaths where he's like put your hands up and Chris Chris Walken's like no he's like but I've got a gun he's like I don't care I'm not putting my hands up like <laughs> go on do you want to teach the class yeah it sounds like a laugh go on <laughs> yeah. the kids end up going up there with Maggie as well nice touch uh, not using the lantern, but using Maggie holding the lantern as well. Direct now. <laughs> Lovely touch. Uh, we get to see a few other things. One of them's Homer's uh, autobiography with a great title, <laughs> Cal. Can you remember? Oh. Uh, um, Ge- like, ge- genuinely great as well. Like, I'm surprised no one's nabbed this. 
Homer, I hardly knew me. I literally watched this episode just before we started recording for a second time. Mm. God damn it. Let me stop making notes. I like these weird little passion projects and creative ventures Homer has that they'll just use for one joke and that's it. Like, yeah. um, when Bart gets a credit card, obviously leads to uh, Lassie, or Laddie, I should yeah. say. But, like, he gets Homer a, like, monogrammed shirt. Oh, it's even got my corporate logo on. It's just him going, hi. <laughs> I just like these weird little ventures that Homer's had, all these little gifts he'll have. He's all about his own brand there, and I can truly respect that. The kids are terrified because they can hear something around there, and it's scuttling around. They even briefly see it in the shadows, but we can't make it out. So they run downstairs, and um, I'll say... I just about like this, but then I do see little gags like this, Cal. Uh, where are the kids hiding? Uh, they. It looks as though they're hiding in a load of uh, Chinese pots, vases, and all of a sudden they'll come out of the wardrobe, like tumbling down. <laughs> can't breathe. Say it. I can't breathe. Uh, and it's a very, it's a very good um, kind of like look. Look, it's like soon. Quick, mum and dad's gonna come home soon. As the lightning strikes, they come in. Mm. You think, oh God, what where have they been? What menacing things have they been up to? No, Homer being a cheapskate is just washed, put soap in his car, and just <laughs> drove around in the rain. I always loved that joke as well when I was a kid. <laughs> so now the whole family's gone up there, and they all they can see is fish bones, and you hear a big slam of the door going down the steps, out the door, big graze mark on the door itself. Hugo's busted out, and they even say Hugo is missing. But what in the hell is Hugo, Cal? Hugo is Bart's evil twin, or evil, should I say. Yes, he is a monstrosity. As we reveal Dr. Hibbert's there, you don't forget a thing like Siamese twins. Always gets me this bit when, again, you hear the lightning and the thunder crack, and Marge goes, ah, and then he goes, ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what would happen in real life there, just... A yeah. sudden reveal of, like, the informant or the priest that knows how to kill the werewolf. That, that would generally happen. Jesus, you scared me. <laughs> a routine soul smear confirmed the presence of pure evil. It was then I knew the only option was to separate you two immediately. You'll both need to sign these. <laughs> but what to do with poor Hugo? Too crazy for Boys Town, too much of a boy for Crazy Town. The child was an outcast, so we did the only humane thing. We chained Hugo up in the attic like an animal and fed him a bucket of fish heads once a week. It saved our marriage. Saved their marriage, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Forget, like, Viagra speaking to each other. No, fish heads and abusing your twin son. But Bart even mentions, wait a minute, this is the first I've heard of it. Wouldn't it have a hideous star- scar? And straight away, he's shocked and horrified to find one. And Hibbert with a great, you know, we've got to find Hugo. Like, this is their mission now. And so, with a great joke that it would make even more sense if it made it a bit more British. But, uh, you know, oh, we're going to find him wherever some sick, twisted individual will be. And Lisa, I'll start with Radio Shack. Now, if this was in the UK, Cal, surely this is CEX. I was like, yeah, boom, 100%. numero uno for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the people who work in there are lovely, but they just seem to miss, like, BO and, like, social <laughs> Sticky cues. Sticky floor. I don't know. 
<laughs> but is Bart going to go with them? Of course he's not, because he's got to take the hockey game there. Someone's got to stay in there for the murder. It's typical Hollywood horror trope there. So he's locked everything behind him there, but he can hear Hugo. And uh, we see Hugo for the first time, and he is Bart if he was literally just demented and holed up somewhere. Uh, great design on Hugo here. I know some proper diehard Simpsons fans who get all the figurines and that, and they all cherish this uh, Hugo design there, and I really like him. Yeah, it's a good design. It's a good, um, a good work on the voice as well, where it's kind of different enough that you can distinguish between them, and he, he seems a bit more disheveled. Disheveled. I can't say it. I can never say this word. Disheveled. There we go. Um, and almost as though he's been locked away. And may, maybe like learn English purely through like listening to the rest of them. Mm, Nancy Cartwright, you're right. Does a bang up job here, though. But he's treated himself, you know. It's the first time he's been around the house. He's got a nice plate of fish heads and a, and a, a glass, glass of, milk. of milk. Yeah, to wash him down. <laughs> and, like, with my technical film head on, I think I just thought to myself there, like, obviously you don't see Bart struggling that. It just cuts to him getting strung up and about to be sewn together there. Like, I don't know, I think maybe I would have appreciated, like, knocking him out, dragging him up the stairs or something, rather than... You're gonna be. We're gonna be joined together again, and then just cut again. I don't know. Am I being mm. too pernickety, Cal? Yeah, I think it. Oh. <laughs> it wouldn't. It would have. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it would. I think it would have kind of killed the pacing a little bit because. Okay. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a fight would have been good, um, and then if they would have just not like shown Bart's face get knocked out, like getting knocked out, just like a close up of his face. And then when he comes comes round, similar to how they did with the scream and, uh, you know, the cut mm. of him being strapped up kind of thing. But I think it still works. So Hugo's going to sew them together there. But, um, Christ, you're going to kill him. Like, what practice have you got? But, no, it's fine because uh, he's made a pigeon rat cow. To which the, uh, it tries to find out a window, fails miserably. And then ends up... Uh, in, uh, as a fly, as as it's trying to run through the little mouse hole, fails limp miserably again. <laughs> so as they're deciding what side they want to be on, there, Hibbit, Pride, uh, Hibbit pops up and he's ready to save the day. Hugo, no, and um, <laughs> Jesus, this meme's been everywhere. Like, I'm happy this has become a meme in itself, there, and it's so versatile. But enough of what I said, Cow, please walk us through arguably the most memorable bit in this particular story oh definitely very much it uh you know you see pure uh, good old dr hibbert as he's walking up and he goes all these years trapped away in the attic i bet you've never even seen your reflection uh, it's a very smooth discussion of how he's walking and he picks mm. up the frame because he's fully planned what he, he just wants to punch some fucker he just wants to punch <laughs> he wants to punch a child he, he finally wants an excuse to be able to punch a child and get away with it and he, as you see and it's a, it's a perfect meme I saw one recently on Facebook of it's probably bought posting where somebody had free, 3D printed the picture of, of Hibbit deadpan face about to punch and as it's punching and it, they've printed it and put it on the wall it's really good I'll, I'll try and find it so like so we can post it in, in on our page um and it's this really really well detailed kind of piece of like 3d art 
of him oh, just punching I... him. And I think like the best part. I think the best part about it was just purely how how chaotic. I think it's it's just, it's funny, you know. It's unexpected, and it just makes me laugh every time I see it. Well, let's get started. You want to be on the right or the left? Hugo, stop! <laughs> there, there, Hugo, I understand. All those years caged up in here, why, you've probably never even seen your own face in the mirror, have you? Here. <laughs> we think we saw Hugo at the airport. He was boarding a plane to Switzerland. It oh. Well, that's the thing, it's... I don't know, it's so, like, smart, dumb, or dumb smart, because obviously it's going to work on Hugo, because we can all believe he's never seen his reflection. He hasn't got comprehension of, like, what reflection and reality and, I guess, dreams are. But then it's just, like, Hibbert's just thought, I'll give it a go, and if not that, then I'll probably just grab him or kick him for real or something. <laughs> and it's, like, the deadpan face of, like, nothing. Just very mute there, and then just bang. <laughs> Knocks him out. Oh, cherry on the top as well. <laughs> Is Homer and the family coming up? Oh, I think we saw Hugo. He was boarding a plane to Switzerland. At oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's been me multiple times at work there. Like, I'll have to, like, I don't know, do Excel stuff and show it to my manager there. Right, I think I've got this report. I filled in all the stuff from... Uh, the Asian markets and oh you've already got it <laughs> <laughs> oh I missed that bit oh it's just perfect there but um well we seem to have it wrapped up essentially Cal but it's not a classic coral without some sort of a oh inevitable twist there Hibbert there's another quite a nice monologue explaining how uh the left side is always the evil side which I guess goes back on you know, left-handed, the devil's left-handed. Yes. Um, yeah. You're supposed to write with, with your right. A lot of assassins were left-handed as well. Oh. Um, in, like, the medieval time. And the reason why you always shake hands with your right hand is because majority of people are right-handed, which they think is actually bullshit. It's more so... It's, it's, it's closer to 50-50, but because... And it still happens today with... Like my auntie was left hand, or she is left handed. She only became like, like sort of writing with her dominant hand in later life. And same with my brother. He's, well, he's not left handed officially, but his handwriting is like shit. Is especially in Catholic schools and such, they try and discourage people with left hand, oh, yeah, uh, left handed. Yeah. It's, the, it's the devil's work there. It's, it's the devil's work. Um, and the reason why a lot of corridors where you know like spiral staircases they'll always go start from the right uh no sorry they always start from the left is because you can like get your blade out and attack people as you're going oh, up the stairs good for, yeah and the reason uh a lot of left-handed people tended to be assassins or thieves because if they could use it with uh, with their other hand it looks as though when, for example, when you're shaking your hand, oh my hand is clear. Gonna shake mm. your hand, dagger dagger. Prison rules, oh, shiv fuck. shiv. And that's why another reason why it, it kind of came across as it's always been the evil side or like, you know, the um, untrustworthy side. Oh, but again, sorry, there you go. 
Welcome to my side podcast where I learn your sh- random no, shit. No, that's brilliant. I had no idea that you know the left like, got... hand side is the dark side. Good God. Yeah. So many different cultures. Oh. Yeah, I've got a fun fact about frogs where I keep on thinking about for some reason as well. But anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do you want to know it? Well, it might as well. Yeah, you I don't, piqued my I've, interest. I've been trying to like fit this into like natural conversation for about four days now. I don't know why, um, because I saw this meme where they, they in South America somewhere uh, they found a frog what looked like looks like Kermit the Frog, and I think it's because I was I was playing with my niece the other day and she started making like frog noises and stuff and pretend to be a frog, and anyway. I don't know if you've ever seen a frog in real life, Tyler, but they don't actually rib it. They mainly croak. They go, croak, croak. Mm, yes. And the reason why it is only actually one species of frog what does actually rib it, which is found in Hollywood. And what happened is when they were trying to find some tertiary sound for like frogs and such like that, they just went out and found a frog in Hollywood at a studio and just recorded it. And because that got entered into our zeitgeist, that's why you always think frogs rib it uh-huh. when they don't. There you go. Hollywood Sorry. propaganda Rad- bullshit again. Yep. Yep. Tune yeah. in next week for Carl's random trivia fact of bullshit. But you get two this week. Well done. I want to stop doing this. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all here for. We need more toad representation. Frogs get all the exactly. glory. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah. So uh, to wrap up this segment, Hibbert kind of explains how it's always the left side who, who are evil, and as he looks over. He realizes Hugo's scar is on the right, meaning for this entire time, Bart's been the evil twin. Oh, don't be so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the most logical explanation of being able to fix this? Well, we... that would swap him round. <laughs> no one will notice. <laughs> Literally, just rolls reverse, like wife swap back in the good old days of Channel Four. There, um, and. Hugo's enjoying some chicken and he's even eating the napkin as well, but the family's just like, oh, Hugo. Like a classic <laughs> 80s sitcom there, ready for a catchphrase or something. And then Bart's just saying, wait, guys, one of my, can I have some of that, please? Oh, you'll just have your fish heads, then we'll talk. And he gets shut out. <laughs> like you think about it now. Like you think about the reality of it and you hear these stories of like families getting hold up and people getting kidnapped like, that's genuinely spooking out it's a genuine scare of mine now and just oh just the sound of the shutters as well is just what? good still at this, this day as a 27 year old man you still think your dad's gonna lock you in the basement and just not let you out yeah like a super hands. sorry boys i had a ptsd there dad usually chucked me in there to have a little look at the homebrew and not let me out <laughs> yeah <laughs> Now go on to the second story, the Genesis tub there. I'll just say very quickly, for me, Cal, this is the weakest story out of the three there. Um, the, do you mirror the this? Genesis. Or... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We kick off with Lisa having a look at a empty part of her mouth there. Like, tooth is missing. And yes, because it's a little baby tooth there, and she's going to use it. She's, you know, very uh, ingenious. She's going to use it for a science experiment. Uh, see the ravages of, you know, fizzy drinks of cola uh, on a tooth there. Because, you know, Chinese food and cigarettes have been ruined. So why not ruin fizzy drinks as well? <laughs> uh, 
but she's not the only one doing a wee experiment. Uh, what do we have Bart doing in all? Bart's science uh, experiment. Sorry, English is not my first language. Bart, uh, what Bart comes in with a balloon stuck to his head, does the whole shuffle and electrocutes Lisa, explaining that his experiment is do nerds conduct electricity? Great for you. Which, yeah, and I don't know about yourself, but like, obviously we both grew up on like quite a lot of American TV, American cartoons and TV shows and such like that. I always wanted to go to science fair. I've always wanted to compete in one. Mm. Uh, my school obviously never did one because it's boring and not TV. But I've always wanted to do one, make a little, I don't know, bake, baking soda, volcano. I've never no? been to Just a, me? No, 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 no. I've always wanted to go a proper science fair quote in America. But we actually had a little science day and we had our own little dioramas once. In about year wow. nine, I believe. Yeah, I know. And um, you could do it on absolutely everything as long as it could, um, as long as it had like variables and you could actually show okay. data and like you actually have a conclusion. Well, so, because mine, you... uh, I loved, re- I still love wrestling. Mine was um, the best table to use in a tables match. <laughs> I know. What? I know. Um, the best one is um, balsa wood. Because it breaks okay. easily, and yeah. one of the worst things you can have is essentially a normal table that's not gimmicked. I'll be yeah. completely honest with you, folks. Um, all wrestling tables are gimmicked. It actually didn't matter what material it was made out of, but that was part of the ad lib, and the teachers are never going to check up on that. They weren't smart <laughs> to the business. You know, these were these <laughs> fucking marks ruining the business, as all those bitter old wrestlers say. But yeah, balsa wood because it's the lightest and it's the most fragile there. Essentially, what you make out of what you see those art and crafts tables in a wicks, and then the most dense ones obviously uh, didn't work there. There's a real thing. Uh, like you go to Japanese wrestling, they're called mm. Japanese tables because they do not break, especially when you right. want the big climax of the match. It's just boom, dull pain, and they just slide off. It's the most awkward thing ever. <laughs> I know there's a bit in. One of the Black Adders, where um, Brian Blessed was supposed to break through a balsa wood door. Um, how, uh, however, they'd like practiced the scene a few times, um, and it was in an actual like building where they were filming it. Mm. Um, and he ran straight through this door and knocked off its hinges. And it only came out afterwards that the prop team had forgot to change it to the balsa wood door, and it was just a normal door. A normal mahogany door. What Brian blessed with all his power just Jesus. knocked off its fucking hinges. <laughs> Did they keep that in? Yeah. Oh, it's in the actual thing. It. it doesn't react at all. <laughs> it doesn't break through it like it would a bolster. It just it just knocks off and just goes flying. <laughs> oh my god! So he ends up zapping Lisa as we all do. We all like messing about with friction and that and on trampolines. Um, Lisa ends up with a bit of a charge and friction electrocutes herself. With her own experiment there, Dan Bart goes to sleep, and we get to see that uh, friction charge effect happen on the tooth. See this little electricity crack all the way throughout it. Lisa wakes up next morning, gets to see mold. You know, science fair paid up there, and it looks like a beast. You know, like students' bread loaf, like proper moldy. That um, she looks into it. 
can only see well what looks like mold up close. Then goes what hundred times, gets to see kind of movement, goes in further in, gets to see little people count. She has created life. Now until South Park did the Simpsons did an episode, I didn't know this mm-hmm. was based on Twilight either. But it makes a yeah. lot more sense now because this is very Twilight Zony. Creating yeah, for stuff sure. or messing with another realm and all that there. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot, a lot of these like sim, uh, Treehouse of Horrors do take their inspiration from uh, from good old Twilight Zone. Large calls down Lisa's for breakfast because they're having waffles, but it's not waffles. I've been there many times. It's just square pancakes <laughs> there. I hate the old. Oh, we've got X at home, and it's like, oh no, mum, it's not the same. We've got McDonald's at home. No, like two oh two <laughs> slices of Scotch bread, Mother's Pride, and. Yeah. Shite burger from Lidl is not it, Mum. Sorry. <laughs> I know you're trying. And, you know, the waffle iron's been in the shop, but the waffle iron's always been in the shop there. <laughs> Has this happened to you, Cal? Like, the family have, like, sent it to cash converters and it never came back? Because that happened... Not so much... That happened with uh, our that... George Foreman grill there, and I was, uh, like... Oh, heart... I was gutted, because I ended up seeing it <laughs> in the actual window, like, a week later. <laughs> With the, like, the insignia, what you'd like post on it. Yeah, <laughs> drew, drew on Foreman's it. big moon face there, right next to the <laughs> Cry my eyes out. Uh, it's never... Uh, we've never like cash, con- cash converted anything or anything like that. Um, what's to my knowledge, anyway. Um... I'm just, there's been a few situations like like you're saying where like after swimming we'd uh, swimming lessons we'd go oh, we're gonna get a McDonald's it's like yeah well something like McDonald's and Asda used to do like these little Happy Meal type things which were like Scooby Doo based and you'd get like a burger like a microwave burger oh god and some they were the chips. worst I remember do you remember Jesus. and like they were always just really soggy but the yogurt was really nice I remember that <laughs> like because there's nothing more like a full meal than a yogurt. I like a yogurt actually. I, I haven't had yogurt in a very long time. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to see if we've got any yogurt in, after this. Um, but it was a lot of kind of the most common one, which I'm sure you've been a part of as well. Of you know, you're playing upstairs, and it still happens today. I, you know, I still live at home at the moment, and my mum will shout down like, "Come on, tea's ready." Like you could like come downstairs, and you'll go downstairs, and you wait in another twenty minutes. And you're just like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, come on, you're better than this. Oh, like... that's right, pain. Funnily enough, na- I was going to say, funnily enough, now uh, my mum's done the opposite now, because um, she's become the breadwinner of the house, because my dad has decided to become semi-retired, because he can't be asked working a full-time <laughs> job now. So now, like, me or my dad will cook the family dinner on Saturday, Sunday, when I go visit them. And my mum will just do whatever she wants to do. Um, and then we just call her down when dinner's ready. So she's took the role of like 15-year-old Tyler at like 55. It's amazing. And more power to her. I used to be like quite annoyed. But then I was like, no, you know what? I, I used to do it. So why not? So she can just keep watching like Line of Duty until it's genuinely ready there. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen at Christmas. But uh, we'll wait and see. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so the... Little society of people continue to grow from day to day. They're like medieval to modern to this little Futurama world. Like literally uses the same kind of pipe design and layout that you see in mm. the intro. Nice touch there. 
Bart ends up seeing this and he whoop, my finger slipped and it turns out he's destroyed destroyed half the population it seems there, like committed atrocities with his little finger there. But he's just you know, clapped off as being so rude that Bart. But um it's alright because the little micro people get their revenge in some way, Cal, don't they? Exactly. So they, they shoot up a load of little tiny rockets and then this bit kind of annoyed me a little bit and it didn't annoy me oh, okay. the first time I rewatched it it was the second time where I kind of noticed it um, is they, they do about five rockets like mini mini rockets and then a big one comes up yeah I like that but there's, but there's no consistency on the size of that big rocket I don't know why that's kind of like wound me up a little bit like because at one time it's the size of like what's it, a hoover head. <laughs> I don't know why that's the comparison I can think of, but um, uh, the you know, and then the other bits when it's actually like shooting Bart's face and it goes inside his ear. Mm. And actually, uh, what you know, it's a lot smaller, and oh, I was just like, no. I don't, I don't know. As I said, this this is unrealistic. You've dropped me out of the episode, <laughs> uh, Matt Gronin. <laughs> I will say I like the, you know, the zoom in of uh, Santa's little helper as they swish past him into Bart's room and then up and alongside his bed there, wonderfully animated. I know that's really tricky when they do like slow or fast zooms in there because it's a lot of uh, multiple drawings and a lot of intense sessions there. I really like that. The moment where Bart wakes up and is swatting them, uh, where they look mm-hmm. like little bees, that is very early CGI, Cal. Is it really? Yes, it is. Um, I saw that within the little production notes. Um, not obviously to the extent of what Homer Cubed was, where half of that story was, and it was really, really cool to see. But yeah, just um, from the movement of it, it's uh, CGI animated. Very cool. Nice. But as quick as they're in, they were qu- uh, yeah, as quick as they're out, they're quick in again. They're just a little whoo, and they're back into their own little world. And Bart looks like he's had a bad break of vacuum there from all the um, from the big attack from the micro people and you better watch out Lisa because you know it will be flush time for tiny town and um, as Lisa I'm pretty sure she was thinking of just hiding them away this becomes her undoing she's zapped down to the micro world cow there the debigulator worked as uh, <laughs> that universe's Frank says there and um, she's looked at as some sort of a deity cow some sort mm. of god. And what I would have like, kind of liked to see is, because obviously Frink and the rest of the nerds are kind of like tertiary characters within The Simpsons, mm. like, it would have been nice to see, you know, some of the other extras kind of being, rather than just like Oh, I would have loved to have seen a Lovejoy and a Maud and a yeah. Helen, absolutely. But yeah, she's seen as a, a, as a deity, and to which Lisa goes, oh, your English is so good. And do you remember what he says exactly? Ah, we've learned to imitate you exactly. <laughs> best Christopher Lee, yeah. You think I'm God? But of course. You look down on us from heaven. You gave us life. And only your divine intervention can save us from the devil. The devil? What devil? The one you call Bart. <laughs> No, 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 you don't understand. Bart's just my brother. 
The devil is your brother? I must say, we find that quite perplexing. Uh, God? Hi, Bill Watson. I, uh, live in the clock building. I have a question. If you're so good, why do you allow bad things to happen? Boy, am I so fat. Why do bad things happen to good people? In another kind of odd horror tropey way, like, the devil is your brother, we find that awfully confusing. Yeah, but that is just... I feel like I feel like I've heard that definitely before. Much like yeah. oh it turns out the evil one was the main character all along there. <laughs> they were brothers the entire time. <laughs> it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> Everyone's terrified because they see Bart there, but he just seals them up. What's he doing? Of course he's doing this, because obviously there was no legs in the no conductor electricity thesis there, but he's got his own little universe and Skinner's like a pig in shit. Like, forget all the beef they've had. <laughs> oh, that's excellent work, Simpson. <laughs> just, where's the integrity? What? And just gives him, what, a gift card? <laughs> like, a, Give me the gift card. <laughs> yeah, give me the gift certificate. Like, uh, and then well, she's... Be- oh, God. Stop shitting on Skinner. He's an educator. He's only ever... I'm pretty sure he says it in an episode. He only ever wants the best for Bart. And, like, yeah, he's a disciplinary... Disciplinarian, but you know, if he's gonna start performing and doing really good, like, of course, he's gonna eat all that shit up. Like, that's what he wants. I can't believe, yeah, it just made me laugh. Lisa's so vexed over like missing out on, say, a five pound HM voucher or something like that. And then <laughs> seemingly she's stuck like that for the rest of her life because although, like, one day might be like a hundred years in the micro world as well, you gotta think. With how well they advance, but um, it just turns out that oh, <laughs> she just turns um, what from good to evil. This is a villain story now. Aren't you gonna grovel? Give me some shoes. And did you catch the little like rabble rabble from the crowd as they just finished oh, the story? I'll get socks. You'll want socks too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this right little tote. You don't see him, but you just say, oh, I'll get. She wants. Uh, I'll get socks. <laughs> <laughs> I will say for the weakest. I, I still enjoyed it. I like the animation that, but yeah, um, yeah. just like on the gags, cow. So unfortunately, I have to say this is still the weakest. Yeah, I have to agree. It's it's it it's the same with any anthology anyway. Like there's True. always going to be a weak, you know, stronger episodes and weaker episodes, but it's definitely the weakest. First rate work, Bart. This universe you've created is even more impressive than Martin's milk curtain ukulele. Willie, you can throw out the other projects. We have a winner. Principal Skinner, wait! I created the universe! Give me the gift certificate! And so now we finally reached the final story, folks. And as Carl has made a good point before there, they spent the majority of time on this particular story and gave it a lot more attention than the previous two. And they're not wrong with, um, as long as you finish strong, that's what people remember. Because, Christ, Cal, this is one of my absolute favourite stories they ever did. Is it really? Yes, let alone um, Treehouse of Horror. It, mm. I think it's more when I became sentient to politics and the sort of malaise of it all. Like, this is yeah. just a brilliant send-up. Like, it's timeless. They've, they accidentally made it timeless there, just as far as their delivery of you know, partisan politics and all of that. And I'm not going to speak too much about politics and all of that, but um, 
I think we can both agree. Is this both our strongest story? No, mine, mine would be the first one. Oh, damn, really? Funny enough, yeah. Bloody hell, okay. I think... There is a bit in this episode where they do, The Simpsons again, predicts the future. Do you know which bit it is? Uh, is it in this story? Will you point it out? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll let you surprise me. Okay. But yes, this is Citizen Kang there. And we open up with Homer trying to enjoy... Sunday off, just on the lake there with a the late night. Uh, nothing but the fish and the stars there. Come on, you stupid fish, take the bait and straight away. <laughs> his old buddies, like regulars of Treehouse Horror, it seemed at the time, Kang Kodo, so um, pick him up. I only just realised, like, maybe last year again when I was on a Treehouse of Horror watch along, you watch these mm. early treehouses, whenever Kang Kodo's are featured in an episode. They have different ways of abducting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never noticed that till then, whether it would be like tractor beam or by rope sling with Marge or um, the toy machine claw with Homer there. And like a typical claw uh, machine, you never get it the first time. You've got to go again. <laughs> got to chuck another quid in there. Excellent. And they just pick him up by the pants and he's in. Um, he's terrified to see him. Um and, but they're not from Rigel 7, they're from a ringed planet that's near here that we're not going to name. I don't know why yeah. they went I don't know why they went with that, they could have just stuck with Rigel 7 for the diehards, it, but yeah. It's the, first, it's the first interaction they've had with the Simpsons themselves since the first Treehouse of Horror as well. Oh, of course, yeah. I was thinking of uh, the Jerry Springer, but that would have been the one after, you're right, Cal. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, so we'd be terrified. <laughs> And obviously, again, another... Where did this trope come from as well, Calio? Okay, I guess you want to rectally probe me. No, stop. We've got all we could <laughs> from that process. Why is that a thing? Because I swear the only reference I get from that is any time The Simpsons referenced it and the debut episode of South Park. I've... Yeah, I don't know where it's come from. I think it's... What was that news... Ch- uh, that there was a... In- newspaper or always used to do like really really ridiculous stories as it like it was purely like joke but oh, sometimes news of the world it was, or something yeah it was yeah uh, i don't know whether or not it's kind of one of those stories of like i got abducted an alien, by aliens and they touched my bum because <laughs> yeah. it makes it even weirder <laughs> and like that's where it's kind of come from mm. maybe i don't know oh i saw one and it's only good for like Twitter bollocks and all that. I saw them, like I came up with my co- own COVID vaccine by drinking my own piss every day. Like, <laughs> Jesus, how do they Come find on, Joe these... Rogan? Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying, man, there's some stuff out there. Like, how do they find these people, Cow? Is this all fictitious? I need a deep dive. It's... I know. I think that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to look into this a little bit further. But part part of me is a little bit scared of searching where did the butt stuff come from, aliens? <laughs> so they do the typical thing, you know, take me to your leader. All right, then that's in Washington, D.C. It's Bill Clinton. Fine, we shall go. Oh, except there's a selection happening next week and he might not be in charge anymore. This was legit. This came out a few yeah. days before the 96 election. So, at the time, I saw a few writers' comments, this was the only time that they wanted to 
be like dated. flavor of the month or date it. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And but th- this is the bit where they predict the future. Oh, tell us, Cal. He goes, what's his name? He goes, oh, what's his name? Uh, Mumbly Joe. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. got you, Biden. <laughs> you oh, creepy that's... bastard. This is not me being, oh, I'm a Trump fan or anything like that. I thought it was a better of two evils, but he's a, he's a creepy, mumbly old man. Hey, look, but... Cal, we all like a good sniff of head and shoulders. <laughs> Don't begrudge him of some tresemme. A lot of it's... From the pictures what I've seen, a lot of it's uh, L'Oreal kids in it. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not calling him a nonce. I just think he's a creepy old man. Like Some R-matey. R-matey. But he was a better of two evils. I will say, I, Trump's a horrible person. He will die, folks. Don't worry. But Grandpa, <laughs> Grandpa Joe... What have you got planned, Tyler? <laughs> Grandpa Joe just seemed to stick. Yeah. I don't know why, it just... I was like, oh no, wait, he is proper old. It may even be Senator Bob Dole then, so... Can Kodos go to each individual location and... Uh, we'll get to my favourite bit, but this was a close second, I had to think of this. Bob Dole mm. on the whole. Oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> yes, Bob Dole on the whole. Just the voice. Now, he is from the South, I don't know what state, but... They give him the biggest... King of the Hill hick accent here and it's brilliant like you say uh, uh, Bob Dole don't need this as <laughs> he just casually getting updated and I don't know why I just like the deliver on oh, what the hell is this some kind of tube <laughs> like he's never seen it before what is this little cylinder shape I'm in hell night everybody Thanks, Senator. Yeah, good luck next week what uh, Bob Dole doesn't need this oh. ah. What the hell is this? Some kind of tube? Hey. Well, thanks for taking care of Dole for me. Hey! They even go to the White House and they pick up Clinton in bed. Not with Monica <laughs> just yet, but this, oh. is, this is weird, Cal. The fact that they were making jokes that, like, he was lazy and a smooth operator, as we'll get to with Marge. Mm. But this is weird to think of Clinton pre-Monica Lewinsky and pre-Scandal mm. and all that, like, that's the only image we really think of Bill now, don't we? It's weird that, obviously, these were the jokes and they weren't the one common joke, Cal. It's odd. Yeah, I think it... Because he's always known as, like, the cool president and, like, mm. the hip young president after JFK because, you know, he's, he plays the saxophone. Yes. That was a common was thing his... in The Simpsons as well and Family Guy. Yeah, it was his big, his big thing. And it's um, it's this is also the first episode. It canonically explains that Kang and Kodas are brother and sister. Yes, I remember um, mentioning the last three hours we did there, Jerry Springer mm. one. I always just like the delivering cadence of them, and especially that intro of "I'm Kang, yeah. this is my sister, Kodos. Hello, hello." <laughs> <laughs> it's very I did. I did listen now as well on this episode at the end of who who becomes president because I was like the f- it could have been the first female president but oh, yeah. it Still isn't Kang's, Kang's the first but they do make it canon to the fact that like in the later Treehouse of Horror they end up with Selma and uh, Patty and Selma I always forget which one is a lesbian is it Patty's a lesbian yes yeah and Patty ends up with uh, Kodos the, oh, the girl right. Oh, wow. it's, it's nice little kind of 
they, you know, they are aware of it and they are aware oh, that it's canonically nice. a female. So Homer comes in the morning after there saying, you know, oh, the biggest fish I ever caught, I saw a flying sauce there. Sure you did, Rummy's. But I just <laughs> dances him, smelling like Captain Morgan's. And he says, no, there were these aliens. <gasps> There's one of them now. And it's uh, President Clinton giving his, uh, one of his many electoral um, speeches <laughs> there. Brilliant. Oh, it's just brilliant delivery. I was going to say I like the designs on them, but it's just the same as they were. It's just more the voices. It's the perfect voices. I am Clinton. This is like Zuckerberg when he was in court. <laughs> so wooden and that. Uh, you all tremble before me and there should no, be no bloodbaths. And communic- he puts his arms up. I forgot it does. Like, and communication. <laughs> and they blame it on a tight, uh, on tight polo neck, don't they? Yeah. But Marge is like, ah, it's that slick willy for you, always with the smooth talk. <laughs> Bob Dole's no better, really, saying, does it, well, fuck me, I don't want to get depressing, but <laughs> when, when you become, like, politically woke, I don't know, 17 or early teens, uh, late teens or whatever, just the, doesn't matter who you vote for, you're all doomed. It's just, <laughs> oh, Christ, Cal, I can't think of it. Does it not get to the bit... Oh, is this a little bit later on? I can't remember. It's just like, abortions no, for the none. No, next thing, Cal. Yes, tell uh, Okay, it's abortions for none. Boo. Okay. Abortions for all. Boo. Boo. And he just looks. And he goes, abortions for some. Pin, is it pinwheel hats? What does it say? I can't remember. Miniature oh, American flags for Flags others. for others. Yay. Yay. And it's a smug little face of these idiots. And they're getting along so well. The plan's working so well that they're even holding hands out in the street there. Like little <laughs> kids and even one of the aides. No, everyone wants to know. It's so confused. Why are you holding hands? Uh, oh, I can't think of the reason, Cal. Protein strings. Pro- uh, if you can think of another way, protein strings. Uh, we can. That's what protein strings then tell us and you'll both walk off really sassily hmm. with a really intense grill as well <laughs> very content we then move on to uh, the main debate there at Springfield City Hall and I'm going to queue it up folks this is my f- absolute favourite bit of this whole episode there Clinton's speech <laughs> um, just the delivery on it and just I've heard many um, critics say Tommy Wiseau is like an alien from another planet who made a film <laughs> about Earth. That's the room in a nutshell. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this is Tommy Wiseau if he got into politics. <laughs> he just used all the tropes of good old Americana and like Reaganomics and 50s policies. My fellow Americans, as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. But tonight I say we must move forward, not backward. Upward, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Yeah! I dreamed of being a baseball. And, um, what is it? Moving forwards, not backwards. Upward, not forward, and twirling. 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 Twirling, twirling. twirling. And he builds up some fucking speed as well, doesn't he? <laughs> doesn't even get dizzy. And if you'll note in the crowd... Everyone's eaten up. Lisa's looking blank, said, like, what the fuck is going on? 
Because, of course, <laughs> she's the intelligent one in Springfield because it absolutely makes sense there. Uh, I didn't know it, so that's quite cool. Yeah, loved every single bit of this cow. Homer interrupts and uh, he turns very... Um, I just thought of this now. This is a very They Live, isn't it? Yeah. Have you watched They Live? What do you think about it? I have. It is a fantastic film. I watched it not too recently. Um, uh, and it's it's a very good film. It's It kind of adds... It shows that Roddy Roddy Piper was the first wrestler who could actually act. And it was really good. It's just a really... I've always seen the memes of it. I've always seen, like... The South Park kind of where they're, where they're taking the piss out of what was the time my brother always said was the greatest fight in TV hit, film history because oh, it's it very is. realistic yeah. and it, it just goes on to the point of you know when you do get too knackered but you're still trying to fight and you just they're just literally getting up and then just clobbering each other and then just picking back up and just fucking clobbers him again glasses. you're out of your goddamn mind <laughs> And they parody it in a uh, South Park episode with Jimmy and Timmy. Yes, uh, it's just it fantastic. It's um, it's it's a really good film. The, the ending is a bit, bit of a bummer, but yeah. Well, I watched it again, like you. Yeah, I watched it for the first time, start of this year, and yeah, uh, yeah, just how it ends. I didn't expect it. Like, uh, especially at one moment where uh, Roddy's friend. I won't spoil who it is. Great actor, by the way. Yeah, you just suddenly see that one shot and then it cuts I'm like oh fuck and then yeah. yeah it just snowballs yeah but yeah it's very good also a rare film that's like just over an hour and a half so I've got mm. all the time in the world for that folks Homer is kicked out and he's very annoyed he can't find anything how does he tell the people there and he just runs into the spaceship there it's behind the bush a big 300 foot tall spaceship is just behind the bush there not even got a little invisibility cloak on or that unbelievable <laughs> it's very um, very Star Trek 4 it is home. good god it is so he ends up coming aboard once again there and he gets uh, he gets Dolan Clinton out of stasis there and they've got to find their way back there and so Homer just can drive a spaceship through sheer will and might there. Through sheer piss and vinegar, so he just zooms off there. And uh, Clinton and Dole decide that partisan politics is tearing the fabric of America apart. So let's join together and whip these one-eyed space Canucks there. Let's turn them a third corn shoot cow. <laughs> I love that voice there. Yeah, like I said, very Hank Hill. And um, they're going to do that. They're going to fight the good fight, Cal. It's fine. But what yeah. happens? Homer let us out of here. And Homer, for some reason, not knowing how a alien spacecraft uh, works, clicks the most reasonable button, which then sends them off into space, kills them. It has, de- <laughs> and, uh, it has decal as well of, like, <laughs> upward arrows out of the tubes and... <laughs> Naked, pre- dead, naked presidents just bare asses floating, floating in, space. in space, as they should be. Kill the patriarchy. Uh, not, that's not how you say that word, but I'm sticking with it. Whenever I Sorry. watch this episode with my mum and dad, that's the biggest laugh out loud moment. Just dead presidents <laughs> floating bare ass there. 
You know, Senator, being in suspended animation gave me time to think. Partisan politics are tearing our country apart. You got a point there, Bill. If you and I are gonna whoop these one-eyed space fellas, we're gonna have to set aside our differences. Together, we can lead America into a new golden age. Friend, you got a deal. Homer, let us out. It's time to tear those aliens a third corn shoot. It's just Homer's kind of like, oh, oh no. <laughs> he goes, what do I do? How do I do it? Where do I go? And just hits fucking hyperdrive all the way <laughs> to does. Capitol Hill. And on Capitol Hill, we see Kang and Kodos giving their final addresses before the big election tomorrow. And them actually just saying, make sure you vote for me. Make sure you vote for me. Um, it won't be necessary. There won't be a bloodbath. Don't worry. And then the spaceship crashes into the building. And then, like Homer's come away and he's gone back to his table at Spoons from the toilet... You see the fucking speed. Good God. Da, 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 da. Like, it's when it's last orders when you're in the toilet. <laughs> like, I, like, I understand they had to zip through because of the time restraint and that, but I I just liked it. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Just like, right, yeah. come on, reveal, big reveal now. And yes, it turns out that Dole and Clinton are aliens. And you first get to see the heads and they, like, panic because we're seen. And then, fuck it, they just reveal themselves. Big screams. I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. And they said, well, your planet's doomed. You have to vote for one of us. And the rational thing, Cal, is to actually just vote for a third party. <laughs> but, no. If you want to waste your vote... <laughs> to which the guy Ross who Perot punches... smashes his hat, yeah. Yeah. He was a third part party runner who, for some reason, was allowed to be part of the TV debates. He paid a lot why. of money, Cal. He was a yeah. big multi-millionaire kook. Amazing. But, he, um, yeah, it is always such a... Like, the German way is the, probably, the be- ironically, the best way how they've been able to vote a government in because how it works is there's never any... There's not been a majority... Funny enough, I don't know why, there's not been a majority party leader in Germany since, um, I think, around the 40s. Like, oh, I don't know okay. what happened in the yeah. 40s, yeah. Um, so how it works is they kind of, like, accumulatively get different, you know, parties and then they have to collab with other parties and a lot of the time it is, like, the Tories and Labour getting together. All right. To, and such like that. I read a news article about it. I know how it works. But yes, it works a lot better that they have a representation, like one person per per actual vote. Because there's two, there's two votes what you do. There's one for your local, unlike here where it's like you, you, you have to vote for your local MP to get in. They then get a seat. And then if there's enough seats, whoever's got a majority um, yeah. then becomes prime minister. For them, you get two votes for your, one for your local and one which party do you want to lead? Ah, right. Which I think is the better way of doing it. I always liked, and I learnt this from QI, the ways they used to do it in ancient Greece, which is essentially a big 100 person council, and every one mm. or two years that's changed to random people. Well, it's always random people off the street or like how they choose um, juries in the modern day. 
It's just yeah. randomly selected 100 people to govern for one to two years. And then the process repeats again and again and again. Utilitarian. Yeah. But the big, yes. As we said, the big reveal, and you have to vote for one of us. Um, well done, Citizen Kang. I, I'm sure he's got his <laughs> foibles and all that, but I'm sure he can lead, you know, a fine capitalist society there. Well, it's more a dictatorship, but you know what I mean, Cal, there. <laughs> but don't blame for me. I voted for Kodos. And I feel this is a very real thing Marge said. I don't get why I have to build something to shoot a planet I've never heard of there. It's like discussing middle management, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why have I got to do this for some faceless corporation? I'm never going to see. <laughs> but that is the head. Uh, that is the end of the whole episode, folks. There. Um, I guess we'll, we'll get on to rankings and ratings and such in a minute there. But um, I thought this was uh, aggressively fine to um, fairly good, Cal. I'd say. I would have to full frontally agree with you i think i don't i don't know why the second that uh, i'll speak more about it when i'm doing my ranking um you know there's very memorable bits in each episode yes. e- like even though it's kind of outdated in regards to the politicians in question the structure of it still works you know it's a republican it's a democrat why are they getting on? Why are they friends? Um, you, oh, you can't vote for anybody else. It's still very topical. Um, however, in my opinion, it's... I don't know. I'd definitely rank it... I'll, I'll get into the ranking. The first one is probably the Hugo. Is just a Hugo one. Yeah, it's, so why I'm intrigued now, because uh, I, I know a lot of consensus seems to be like, Citizen Kang is stand out, but I'm intrigued. Why uh why the thing and I for you? I think because I obviously Citizen Kang is is the longer episode. I feel like they could have cut out bits of Citizen Kang and it they could have done a bit more with the Hugo storyline. Yeah. In my opinion. Um I think there's a few pacing issues in Citizen Kang in certain parts. What are just not really necessary, um, and I don't know. I just find it funnier. I think it's just the punch. Uh, the, the punch always used to get me. Um, I think the first time I kind of watched this um, is when I found out that I was a twin as well. So I was kind of like, "Oh, mm, cool! I wonder if he's in my attic," um, and it it just kind of like does this. this there's just little tiny jokes like the bit where Homer comes in and he's like, see Marge, like I told you we could save on car washing. It's just so dumb but yet so funny to me. And just how like nonchalantly they just yeah. <laughs> throw Bart into the into the attic. It's like that's the quickest way of fixing it. Um, the second one, it's, it's okay. It's strictly average at best. Um, okay. It just kind of like it's funny, but it's kind of. I feel like it's very much filler, um, yeah. and you know, it's it's a it's a nice idea, and it's kind of like a good rivalry between siblings. And then the bits where it kind of shows, I've always said this about Lisa that when the, when it shows her that she's not just a genius, she's still a kid, of like 
the, sh- the waffle line's been in the shop for days, for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we've all been there, you know, when, you, when you're expecting, like, chicken nugs, but it's not chicken nugs, it's That's popcorn it. chicken instead or something like that. Um, but it's not enough to kind of, like, make me kind of look elsewhere on my phone or whatever during that episode. But the third one, yes, it's funny. Yes, it's topical. Um... I just think it's a bit too long. I think, I don't know, in my opinion. And I think there's a few, there's one or two pacing issues where, yeah, um, they could have cut out to make it a neater episode and make make it more hit to the point. Is it the best Treehouse of Horror? No, not by a long shot. But is it is it the worst? No, it's very. I don't mean this in a negative way. It's a mediocre episode. You know, mediocre doesn't necessarily mean negative. It just means in the middle, like, uh, it's a bit of a nothing episode, really, in my opinion. And out of rating, I'd give it a strong three out of five... um, Bob Dole's. Bob Dole. Bob Dole don't need this. Bob Dole. Bob Dole's twirling. You know, <laughs> I know. It, I know it's uh, Clinton who said it, but in my rating, it's Bob. Bob Dole. I'm fully with you, Cal. Um, this is middle of the road, which is a bad thing. There's not a good thing there. Um, nothing, it has nothing wrong with it. They've got to, you know, fill out the episode list, so to speak. There. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Citizen Kang there. Uh, there's a six and a six and a nine. So on average, it's just over a seven there, which I feel is fair enough. I appreciate all the, uh, designs and the animation and that there in the Hugo episode and what they did with the tech in the, um, Genesis tub as well there. But as far as like a satirical take on politics, um, which I feel has gotten really wanky the past, like, 15 years there. Whereas this is you know, just enough that people understand it, but there's a nice little bite to it there for the last one. So with everything being said, I too will also give it a 3 out of 5. Uh, I'll go with some fish heads. 3 out of 5 fish heads. With milk? Ooh, uh, with a nice iron brew. I'll just pretend it's a nice oh. chippy tea. <laughs> That'll get me through there. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.